Whenever you're ready. Me? I'm always ready. <laughs> I have at least 105 episodes that would speak to the contrary, friend. <laughs> That's Wait, very true. Where so, am I? Uh, you said you like <laughs> fans and, and <laughs> it's fictions and so you guys like fan fictions, right? So we're going to do another fan fiction for you, and it's going to be great. We're actually doing an entirely separate fan fiction today, and it, it, it's actually based off of Harry Potter. And but 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 it's not it's not as grotesque as all the other fan fictions. It's actually even more grotesque. It's, it's more fictiony make- than the fiction you've ever fictionalized in your fictional dreams. <laughs> do you know what's stranger than fiction is that the baby from the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind is is suing now. For child pornography, claiming that he couldn't have possibly given consent to having that picture taken, um, and then it's ruined his life. But here's the rub, and I'm not going to give my personal, like, actual personal opinion on this. Keep in mind that in 2016, and this is not a fucking joke, he recreated the picture for the anniversary of the album. He did it for the 10th, uh, 15th, and then I think the most recent, or the 25th as well. So you gave consent then. He wore swim trunks every time. Oh, I want to see his big fucking heart. <laughs> well, it hasn't changed, and that's why he's upset. Aw, oh, shucks. <laughs> My dates know what they're getting you know into. what I say to anybody? Uh, whenever this topic gets brought up, I just say, ah, oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. Kyle, come slingers, and welcome <laughs> to the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And on the topics of microphallus, Michael. <laughs> Hello. I'm I'm better. Mildly. I was say, you sound better too. Good. <laughs> That's a lie. Aww. Uh so, for the uninitiated amongst you out there, what we typically do on this show is we dive into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we will leaven in the occasional lie, because that is the shtick. That is the thing that has kept you coming back for three solid episodes. <laughs> you, four, I mean four. you, the one person listening right now. You're the you're yeah. appreciating also this. Named yeah, me probably. doing the edit, yeah. Yep. It's actually a Michael-only podcast. Only only Michaels listen to this podcast. When there's one Michael in 106 episodes. Oh. What do you do then? Uh, six seasons in a movie, I think. <gasps> I'll take six seasons in a movie. Well, we're finally going to get down to the bottom of speckle buns this week, uh, because Mr. Michael is finally going to pony up. Yeah. In spite of all of the claims to the contrary. I'm actually going to finish something. <laughs> Hopefully it's your life. Well, as you're one to say, it's just one shotgun blast and then you're done. For at least this a has week, been right? three, though. Yeah, oh, wow. that's three lead sandwiches. Well, maybe, maybe that's why he had to take a break in the middle because he overexerted himself. That's a lot of that's a lot of gushing for Michael to do. Yeah, I can only eat so much lead. <sighs> if uh, if I never hear the word gush and uh, Michael in the same <laughs> sentence ever again, I'll die happy. I agree. So, I don't want to. I don't want to be associated with that word. Thank you. Yeah, right. Captain Gushy Tushy over here is ready to rip roar. <laughs> so, what, so what was it? I, was it? It was Rucksack Randy and Brindle Brad. Yes, uh, it's Bindle Brad. Bindle thank Bindle you, Brad. Brindle. That's Bundle. a color, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you watched The Fly, apparently. The, the color of Frank history. is Brindle. Ah, that's yes. a color. Huh? It's multiple yeah, colors. It. It's a pattern. The more you know. Oh, you're doing the hand okay. thing again, and no one can see the fucking hand. I Michael. don't care. <laughs> I was doing the more you know sort of symbol. The more you know. 
or it's a yeah. symbol. The, the I don't gesture. Sure, let's go with that word. No, he's referring to the he's, NBC ad. You know that's yeah. got the little sparkly the bit know. that flows across the. Uh, yeah. All you Gen Zener, Gen Zeners, Gen Zers, Gen you Zoomers, Braziers, oh, no, you Braziers, <laughs> the youths in their Braziers. This, this is the gonna, night. I was going to say this is Michael gonna be a, finally dies at the wheel. It's going to be uh, a fucking rocky conclusion to this story. Jesus, take the wheel! I can't drive. By Rocky, you mean the guy from The Mask? I was thinking <laughs> horror picture show, Jesus. but. Let's Listen, do the time Cher's warp. son is a lovely, lovely boy, and I love Eric Stoltz. And just snuggle and cuddle him for days. Michael, would you would you please pony up with the topic so we can get this over with? Sure. Uh, I will start. There are six lies, and for the benefit of everyone, since there was a hiatus for these uh, for the first two episodes, I I'll think just that do... translates to an episode of quality. Was that what you were trying to drive at? Yeah. Or... Yes. Yes. Because everyone okay. was so used to your great. High quality episode, high octane even as well. Um, I need to take everyone back down a couple IQ points and explain what happened in the last two episodes that I presented. Tell me about so, the rabbits, Michael. Uh, to catch you up to speed, Synanon mm. was founded by ex-alcoholic Charles, uh, or I will call him Chuck, and I will not attempt to pronounce his last name for the benefit of everyone, but it starts with D. Uh, Chucky e. D uh, experimented with wait, some. Wait, 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 wait. Whose house? Uh, Chucky e. D's house. Yeah. Run, run's house? Chucky e. Chuck e. Cheese's house. Uh, after experimenting with some LSD, he realized that he could make the lives of dope fiends better uh, by getting said dope fiends to scream at each other. Uh, the program was originally called Tender Loving Care. Uh, Synanon rapidly expanded following the voluntary incarceration of Chuck for disobeying zoning laws. And uh, for being in the oven on high, 450 degrees for at least an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, any longer and you'll start, you'll start getting too crispy and too dried out. Mm -hmm. uh, it drew in, so his stunt of being incarcerated as opposed to just paying a fine, drew in plenty of Hollywood-type folks and other non-addicts. Uh, the money kept flowing in to the point where Chuck declared that dope fiends could never really graduate and that Synanon wasn't in the drug, the drug rehab business, but instead the alternative lifestyle business. Uh, Synanon bought property all over California, especially in the city of Santa Monica, who had fought Synanon's acquisition of the Hotel Castle Del Mar by launching a police raid on its property, uh, which inadvertently catapulted Synanon to even more fame and popularity. It was around this time that Chuck had to start adapting a healthier lifestyle, uh, which he then forced upon his followers, who had to quit smoking, start aerobics, and cut refined sugar from their diets. Uh, Chuck also hope opened, opened, Chuck opened the hatchery, a place where all children of the Synanites... Uh, were raised communally. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Great cinnamon. I love that. I love their their buns. Yeah. Because why trust a dope fiend to raise their own children? Chuck also began the Punk Squad, where troubled teens or really any teen suspected of doing something even slightly illegal were sent by the courts. Uh, the Punk Squad were frequently subjected to their own version of the game, which was changed to include physical violence. Speaking of the game, Chuck started hosting weekend sessions of the game, which he called The Trip, 
uh, where honored members of Synanon and anyone else who paid for it spent a weekend doing tons of activities like being yelled at, uh, being yelled at while wife. (laughs) No, that's only him. That's only him. Uh, being yelled at, being yelled at while, uh, sleep deprived, being yelled at while being told they were resisting Synanon's, uh, Synanon's lifestyle and also being sleep deprived. Uh, it ended with a huge hug and cry session and netted Synanon a metric fuck ton of money. Uh, speaking of money, the IRS thought Synanon earned too much to be considered a nonprofit and tried to revoke its status as a nonprofit. Uh, in response, in 1974, Chuck decided it was time to go full on cult mode and declared Synanon a religion. But, as I ended the episode, one director on the Synanon board asked, who will be God? And that is the uh, the ketchup. Thank you. And what about the mustard? Uh, right away. For is, those, is this uh, beyond the uh, new group that you are starting called Simpanon? <laughs> <laughs> I'll simp for some man. Wait, I don't get it. Anyway, <laughs> only if you can pronounce their last name. I I cannot. I'm sorry. So for those mulling on that question I left you on two weeks ago, there was no debate. It, it was it was clearly Chuck. That for anyone that actually thought that that was kind of silly. Uh, <laughs> uh, he held the reins on the whole outfit, but he wasn't the only one that was dictating things. His ex sex worker wife Betty also called some of the shots. She was doing dictation. I heard. Yes, she, I heard she's taking a lot of shots. <laughs> she she took a lot of shots. She had excellent prior experience at dictation, and so was very easily able to help Chuck run his business. If you uh, read the writs that she had written, they were really well written writs. <laughs> that made me skip a beat. I lost my train of thought. Well, I'm just really I'm really glad that she could penetrate the company. Oh, most certainly. Is she? I mean, she or be penetrated she, by the company, rather. Either or. She she accepted. She she took a lot of suggestions, and then she gave a lot of suggestions. So I mean, it's a lot to swallow up front. I understand. It takes some time, but she was most certainly used to it. Oh, she was headstrong. I've heard that about her. Most certainly, <laughs> yeah. uh, she know she mm-hmm. knew how to work a crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For example, Her Majesty's Imperial Marines, later shortened to just the Imperial Marines were actually shaped by Betty herself. Uh, the Imperial Marines were Oh, good. A... She finally has a name. <laughs> I said Betty. I said Betty several times. I think she's been Chuck's wife for the bulk of this. I'm so sorry. No, it was Betty. Do we Betty have any other defining features of this woman, Michael? Uh, That's what I thought. All right, go on. She was black. She have huge old honkers. I think is what Courtney wants to know. That was something that a lot of uh, a lot of things had mentioned because. Are you like, si- wait? Hold on. Yes, what I My said. Throwaway joke. I don't know what you're saying. No, but what I said, not you. Oh, I was like, man, I was just being, I was just ghoulish overkill. No, that was something a lot of the articles that I had read had kept mentioning was that she was African American. I like that. We're you're dialing that back now. I didn't want to quote exactly what the article said, and they, no, they, they weren't they that were bad. They were having an interracial relationship. Yes. Very forward-thinking for the 70s. Which I had already mentioned in part one, Synanon being all-inclusive. Yes. So, with that, 
uh, the Imperial Marines were essentially the, uh, the... Do they really call them Her Majesty's Imperial Marines? Yes. She's Dad. not a queen. No, queen, she was a goddess. Queen of what? Uh, queen of Synanon. Goddess of Synanon. Queen Chuck of Quifa over here. Shane, Jesus. you really nailed it with the uh, Michael being a simp lord over here. <laughs> what? Speaking of things <laughs> getting nailed, back to Betty. Uh, anyway... Uh, essentially, the Imperial Marines were the military arm of Synanon. Uh, she frequently attended their training. Also, after you know, designing them, kind of after. Uh, Is she trying to get them to stand at attention, or she does, she didn't need help with that. Uh, they didn't need help with anyway. Uh, she often spoke of a military, a militaristic Synanon, um, wherein these Marines. Uh, trained in the arts of a special type of Brazilian jiu-jitsu called Sino Jitsu. Um, Bullshit. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> the fuck out of here, Michael. So I wanted to add that because I knew it was an easy, it was an easy bullshit uh, lie to throw. But they actually were trained in a uh, their own version of karate. Yeah, I was gonna say jujitsu was was not that prevalent back then, my oh. friend. I was still in the formulated stages, but oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I call. threw that out there. Yes, um, it was actually called sino do, um, and it was a type of karate. And I'm not doing a lie upon a lie. That that was what I had seen. Yeah, the, the sino do is what you use to make the bun. Yeah, I exactly. thought that was the bakery. No, well, they originally coined the term, uh, you know, kind of how like Chuck coins a lot of other terms and stuff like that. Um, but um, because they didn't copyright it, other people were uh, other people were able to to take that term. So actually, yeah. it was the Synodo. Yes, it was the mm-hmm. capital T Synodo. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Um, it was a special type of martial arts. I couldn't find any details on it, like where it was actually derived from, but. They said they practice a special type of uh, martial arts called Sinodo. So there you go. So you just scream at somebody across from you in an aggressive stance and hope that they give up? Well, based off of what we're going to read about in a bit, I think you'll get an idea of the kind of martial arts that they do. Uh, so, yeah. A newsletter explained. Uh, so in response to forming this branch of Synanon, a Synanon newspaper explained, we're concerned about the rising crime rate. If trouble should occur, we're prepared to handle it. So uh, as uh, as to what the trouble means, we'll see in just a little They're bit. They're worried about the crime rate amongst junkies yeah. living in a commune together. Yes. Also having been raided by militaristic-style incursions previously. Yeah. Bullshit. So, no, that's that was what they said. That was their that was their justification for forming a military arm of Synodon. They also had extensive, and I can't remember if I mentioned in more detail later on, but they had extensive amounts of guns. Uh, at one point, they had bought, I believe, some sources said two hundred thousand. Another source said three hundred thousand uh, dollars worth of guns and ammunition from a single gun store. Um, and they had hoarded that all at their properties. So they uh, bought the gun store, essentially. Essentially, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, where was I? I skipped ahead a bit. I lost you. my place. There. One Betty, because she has a name and she is a person. Betty, Betty. She was a person because she died of lung <laughs> cancer in April of 1977. Um, when that occurred, you'd expect Chuck to grieve a bit. Right, nah. you know, losing a loved one you want to spend your whole life with is pretty hard. Um, and so, 
Chuck sought to protect his dear Sinonites from that pain uh, by declaring that all Sinanon marriages were to last up to three years max, and they were to take up new partners to be selected by Sinanon in what Chuck had called love matches. Oh, my. Uh, I coined a a phrase recently with Melissa that I feel like is appropriate, given the context of this conversation. It is live by the sword, die by the dick. And I think uh, poor old Betty (laughs) seems to have fallen prey. Now, Uh, (laughs) I know we've been a lot better about not doing tangents here, but that's a lot to drop with no context. (laughs) That That was the whole thing that I had read. Pretty much around the same time his wife, Betty, died... He wanted a new person. Oh, no, so, sorry. I, I was talking about He was referring about to me, the yeah. interesting conversation. Oh, I'm but, sorry. I just assumed the wrong Live by the sword, die things. by the dick? Live by the sword, yeah. die by the dick. Yeah, yeah. You've never heard of that? Something I, I live not. by. Okay, well, I'll, I'll I actually have it embroidered I, on, on one of the other walls. Yeah. I have been watching a lot of The Sopranos. I think the course of the conversation, I had actually told her I had gotten sick of breasts. That show has actually managed to talk me out of being in any way oh, allured by by it's breasts. It's, it's an old HBO show, so there's uh-huh. it, they need oh, to, they want to earn You're their just, premium subscription by showing nudity as much as they could. Just swimming in a sea of really bad implants, and uh, after a while, it's just you're anesthetized to it. I just had absolutely nothing, and yeah, huh. so okay. that, uh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I, I feel for you. Yeah, yeah, we're here for I'm, you. I'm we're bereft. Firm, yeah. yeah. Up Tits Creek, as it were. I'm sorry. Um, leading up to said love matches, uh, Chuck actually had let Sinonites apply for the esteemed position of his new wife. Uh, six women <laughs> no. had applied. Yes. Uh. Yes. Uh, six women had applied, and Chuck, who was 64 at the time, took Guinea or Ginny, uh, Shorin. A 31-year-old teacher at one of Synanon schools. You know what's was, fucked up is that if this was in today's times, they would film it and people would watch it. It would be like a fucked up version of The Bachelor. I was about to say, did he get Chuck Woolery to come in and host the fucking dating game for this as well, just to have Chuck squared? The fact that your eyes widened after I, that and that I'm just introducing this idea that. to you. <laughs> I oh. mean, it makes sense. I, I mean, he did love connection and all that and the, you know, the two and two and all that stuff. I'm, I'm, hi- I'm hip. I'm hip. I know, your I know those references. A mystery to me. <laughs> I watched I watched Chuck Woolery a lot on uh, Lingo. The, the, I can't pronounce his fucking last name. Okay, I'm sorry. I've never have, and I been, never will. I've really tried a lot to just be nicer. You know, I'm trying to take the Shane page, but there's some things I can't let you get away with. <laughs> that was one of them. You're trying to speak fast, so no one would catch it. It just made it worse. Chuck Woolery and his love connection. Now that's racist. I'm, I'm not going to sit what? still. For, I'm not going to sit huh? still for that. I what? Don't rile him up. Just let him. Firstly, on top of this, the fact that you just called someone Guinea and you're thinking that you're just going to get away with it. <laughs> I like, said or Ginny. That's our word. Who the fuck says Guinea, Michael? I don't know. Have you ever met another human being on this planet by the name of Guinea? I don't oh, know anyone. No. I I, I, keep, I I keep to myself. I don't know people. Before you get back on topic, do you pronounce it Gina or? Or Gina. <laughs> I pronounce a Gina based off of Guinea. Have a Gina. Have oh, no. <laughs> so, 
You said live by the sword, die by the dick. Uh, the year I'm prior that on a shirt, I'm telling you, it's, I it's love my it. new phrase. That needs, so. that needs to be one of our one of our you know it, you shirts. <laughs> so uh, the year prior to Betty's death, Chuck needed to get a vasectomy as part of a health procedure. Can you and the guess? betterment of humanity at large? I think. <laughs> yeah. Can you guess what Chuck suddenly thought was a good idea for Synanon as a whole? Uh, everybody should get one. Yeah. Uh, he actually banned any more children from joining Synanon's hatchery. And that is not bullshit. That is not bullshit. He banned any more children from Synanon's hatchery. Wow. Essentially stating no more babies. I mean, I hate kids, but yeah. Men got vasectomies, uh, either willingly or were gamed into it. Essentially, they would be forced into many multi, uh, or meant, uh, repetitive versions of the game where people would just scream at them to get vasectomies um and it michael gets when, worse. when do you get to play that game i think he's already playing it oh perfect you have to have balls to lose them yeah that's fair um and women were harassed or even in some cases forced uh into having abortions uh the worst case being at four months pregnant um trigger warning by the way yeah yeah jesus christ michael i I hesitated and then you started talking about balls like me having no balls and then i lost my train of thought so (laughs) trigger warning for not having testicles as well apparently Uh, yeah Um, tw's press f in the chat uh at one point chuck had said about (laughs) pregnancy uh, I understand it's more like crapping a football than anything else. You say crapping a football or grabbing a crapping a football. <laughs> the... Is that did you make that up? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking killed. <laughs> um, That's not bullshit. That is not bullshit. He said that. He also said some other things that about abortion that I'm not going to repeat here. Okay. Um, yeah. Now here's the thing. In, in prior cults that we have studied or at least discussed. There is some form of je ne sais quoi, right? Where the people are at least alluring and they have a little bit of, you know, what would you call it? Charisma. Charisma. Yeah. That actually manages to manipulate people into following them. This guy sounds like just a loudmouth chuckle fuck. And I cannot fathom how any human being, drug addled or no, would be like, this man's my leader. He's he's inspirational. Well, so you're, you're saying definitely... you... <laughs> You wouldn't join John's cult then? Right? I mean, <laughs> technically, John joined my cult, unfortunately. It's just, Fair. Uh... Yeah. Um, you're right, though. Not a lot of people really were copacetic with the whole, you know, vasectomy thing. Um, Chuck didn't why. care. Uh, I was fine with unrefined sugars, but this is fucking nuts. This is bullshit. I can cut I yes, cigarettes. Nuts, I, can, I can cut sugar. I can do aerobics. I can shave my head. I can be screamed at for hours a day. But, I can't but cutting my balls off? No. That's the line. Actually, um, at one <laughs> point, a member told Chuck to his face, I'll give you my life, Chuck, but not my balls. Um, which is true before anyone calls bullshit. I would do I, uh, anything for Chuck, but I won't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 1978, uh, after reconstructing Home Place, which was his own luxurious mansion where he and a lot of the upper echelon of uh, Synanon would live, he decided again to move his home and to actually purchase property 
in a small town called Lake Havasu City in ah, Arizona. Cool. Yes. This time, though, uh, his new home also became a private corporation called Home Place Incorporated. This new property was going to be used as a sort of boot camp for newbies uh, before they were moved to other older Synanon properties. Uh, Synanon would pay Home Place Inc. with donation funds from various companies and stuff that would give donations, and Home Place Inc. would then pay Synanon elites or Synanon upper echelon people, including Chuck. So it was a pretty easy way for them to funnel donations into their pockets. So it's the Project Mayhem of Synanon. Yes. Yeah. All in uh, Lake Havasu, which was, I found, absolutely fascinating. I'm not shocked. Is that actually true? <laughs> did it happen it, in Lake Havasu? It did. It did, He teased actually. it last week, yeah, so did. I'm assuming that uh, that was going to... Didn't know he was trying to pepper in a lie early and then, you know, or plant it and then... No, that... I couldn't I couldn't do that much forethought. Uh, the most forethought I can do is I have an accident the first episode and then I make a lie about it in the second one, so... A mistake, if you will. An oopsie-poopsie. Uh, for other people. So. <laughs> Chuck didn't ban all children, just the ones being born. Uh, the punk squad was still up and running, doing the usual stuff that they do, like beating up and verbally abusing teens. However, since the punk squad was run from Tamales Bay, uh, the ranch out in the middle of nowhere in California, uh, and the... Uh, ranch was located like i said out in the countryside it offered those poor teenagers a chance to escape and so some tried uh, in fact so many tried to escape that an underground railroad of sorts sprang up with the neighboring ranches temporarily housing the kids who managed to escape uh, going so far as to smuggle teens onto cargo trains located at the nearby train yard for safe passage to L.A., where the teens would attempt to find their families using friends of the ranchers as guidance. It didn't last long, though. Uh, as Synanon, particularly those in the Imperial Marines, found out which of their neighbors were running the Underground Railroad and took immediate action. In one case, a rancher by the name of Alvin Gambonini was beaten by a Sinanite mob on his own property in front of his family. <laughs> Security increased on the Tamales Bay Ranch to the point where teenagers who ventured too close to Sinanon property were brutally beaten by Sinanon mobs. They didn't even have to be in the punk squad. They were just beaten. Uh, believed trespassers onto the property were taken to the basement of the Santa Monica Castle de, uh, Casa del Mar Hotel, uh, and were, air quotes, worked over on the directions of the head of the Imperial Marines. I just still can't get over how stupid of a fucking name that is. He's not creative. We, we've, we've discussed that many times before. We have the game, we have the trip, we have the hatchery, we have Her Majesty's Imperial Marines. I would say out of all those, that is the most creative. That's not saying much. But I think so. Oh, no. Punk Squad is, is just uh, turning the world on its head. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. He, uh, he, he, he was punk before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Did they actually put kids on trains? No. That's a good point. Yeah. No. They, that was bullshit. Um, no. The ranchers would typically house the escapees for a little bit uh, to get them on their feet and then buy bus tickets for, uh, to their hometowns. No, there was no actual bindles? 
No, there was no, <laughs> no smuggling. Rucksack? Nope, nope, no smuggling onto cargo trains. No, I, I, I even wanted to go like far and like uh, mention hanging out with the the hobos that were on the trains going through there. And but I was like, nah, that would be too obvious. And then they developed together the hobo code, and then they mm-hmm. fell in love. Forbidden love, because one had a family and the other one didn't want one. Um, <laughs> let's see, the Michael <laughs> Clark story. <laughs> I love when you make Shane look like that, Michael. <laughs> because it's, it reminds me of simpler times. You know, like when you're breaking his brain with my immortal. Uh, or uh, Prayers and Miracles, where I decided to intro the episode, and 10 seconds in, he realizes that that was a terrible idea. Yep. That that face gets me every time. I, I love it. It just it fills my heart with glee. In response to this obvious child abuse, a grand jury in... Marin County, home of Tamales Bay, uh, issued a scathing report in March of 1978 attacking Synanon for its child abuse. Uh, the report also included the profits that Chuck made, which were obscene. Uh, I couldn't find any exact numbers, but as, as the god of a religious cult that made a lot of money, you can guess that he made a lot of money himself. Uh, the weapons that were purchased, so like I said, they purchased anywhere between $200,000 and $300,000 uh, worth of weapons from a single gun store and most likely had other weapons purchased from other sources as well. Uh, and the threats that were made to various newspapers and, and the like that we'll cover in a little bit, uh, with the report also attacking local authorities for their unwillingness to prosecute. Uh in no surprise to anyone whatsoever, the local authorities refused to act upon the report. Uh, local newspapers and other media covered the grand jury case, but were largely silenced by lawsuits from Synanon lawyers who accused them of libel. Now, I mentioned local newspapers. One such newspaper called the Point Rays Light uh, cast a spotlight on the local sheriff. Uh, who turned out to be uh, to have been nominated for sheriff with Synanon help and money. Additionally, the sheriff had given gun permits to Chuck, uh, and that was how he was able to pur- purchase an obscene amount of guns from a single gun store. Also, I just don't know who would think that it is a reasonable idea to allow a now faux-formulated religion to be founded on a bunch of people who are trying to rehabilitate from obscene drug use and then give them weaponry. It is pretty wild to look at that trajectory of where it started and then where it's winding up. So I I have to question whether or not the the purchasing of that amount of of guns is true. It is, um, and that is why I said some sources cite two hundred thousand, and then one source I found cited three hundred thousand. Uh, it's so. just a staggering that anyone would allow this sort of farcical nonsense to occur. Right. And so, yeah, this sheriff must have been greased pretty significantly. Yes. It also helped that Synanon would frequently use lawsuits to try and silence these sort of reports and things from getting out. Um, and it was actually this Point Ray's Light uh, little newspaper who had published an expose talking about the report that actually started getting national attention because of it. Okay. Um, in fact, uh, the paper 
uh, never backed down, even when it was threatened from with libel from from Synanon lawyers. Uh, this act actually encouraged major news networks like NBC and larger papers or magazines like Time to report on Synanon. Uh, in December 1977, Time magazine did a story on Synanon, calling it a kooky cult. Bunch Their of words. Heads. Michael, yes. what year did they purchase all the guns? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I would assume that since it is fairly close to this, and um, I would say probably 1976 or 1977. <laughs> so in today's money, that's about a million dollars worth of guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Damn. This is one of those things, and you guys put it pretty pretty nicely talking about the trajectory of this cult. It started as a drug rehabilitation program in the 50s. The first episode covers about a decade and a half's worth um, of material. And then this part two was from 1968, I believe, to 1974. So that's six years. This, most of the stuff that happens here occurs in about a year and a half. So they declare themselves a religion in 1974. 1976 was when they ordered vasectomies and kind of pretty much banned children. And then raped guns. And then pretty much it was 1977, around the same time that Betty had died, that they started really ramping up on stuff. Like the Imperial Marines had already been a thing because Betty kind of guided their development. But everything that happens from here on out occurs... uh, in about a year or so you know there was a a group of imperial marines that were created to reinforce the vasectomy law uh they were called the ball busters and uh, some very (laughs) tenacious cats in that group i gotta tell you they were uh, the Uh, van's defense instead of the van's deference (laughs) that was good uh (laughs) so in december 1977 uh, like I said, Time did a story on Synanon. Uh, Synanon responded in several different ways. On the legal side, it filed a lawsuit against Time, alleging 19 separate passages in their story were defamatory, uh, including a passage where uh, they had mentioned that Synanon was getting people hopped up on the place as a junkie does on drugs. Uh, that was just an interesting little piece of uh, information that I, I couldn't find the article itself and I didn't dig too, too deep because I didn't want to go into prior episodes where I'm like, all right, here's 10 paragraphs of what they actually said. Um, but that was an, an interesting tidbit that they compared Synanon getting people into their cult like a junkie does with drugs. It's like a diversionary fixation, basically, like smoking was that we talked about previously. Exactly. Uh, Let's see here. Synanon also claimed it lost an advisory contract with Alaska over drug addiction programs. Uh, The best part of the lawsuit was the new 24-hour protection that Synanon claimed it needed from death threats that it received. From who? And also, don't you have over a million dollars worth of fucking guns? Yeah. Yeah. Is that bullshit? No. (laughs) No. So that's not bullshit. No, they, that that was part of their lawsuit. Was Good that they God. needed apparently twenty four hour protection from yeah, all the death threats? Doesn't mean we know how to fucking use them, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Rucksack Randy. He has the barrel in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than Brindle. I'm gonna get him. It's better than Brindle Brad because that is uh, that muzzles up his ass. <laughs> On the non-legal slash illegal side, 
Synanon members wrote Time Magazine officials saying Synanon was going to ruin their lives. Uh, One writer went so far as to state that victims of your cynical reporting may yet arise and kill you. Uh, Time received at least one bomb threat, of which none were found after evacuating the whole building. An editor was searched and interrogated after re-entering the country uh, based on a tip to customs that the editor was smuggling drugs. Uh, The editor was then confronted by two Synanon members outside his home who told him they were going to ruin his life. (laughs) Synanites attended a time stockholder meeting and suggested that security precautions should be taken for executives and their families. That seems a little bit too far afield, my friend. Nope. That (sighs) is all true. This is the worst, like, mafia pickup of, like, trying to (laughs) swindle people into paying. It's like, yeah, it's a really nice place you have here, Time Magazine. Be ashamed if something would have happened to it. Pretty much that's what they tried to do, but they they just didn't have the, they didn't have the panache. They didn't have the the chutzpah that that the mafia does, so. Did you do this on purpose? You did do that on purpose. I see that little fucking twinkle in your eye. I just want Shane to be mad at you. This king I don't know if you heard me say panache, but uh, he did. I, oh yeah, he no, did. Oh yeah, I did. But I'm more stuck on Chud Spa, which is apparently I, where I you're tried going. Saying Chud Spa, you're you're going to go get a, a massage and a shiatsu down there at some uh, point. I'm going to massage. <laughs> no, Ooh, I do that I'm after get the me episode. Tasties at the Baja Fresh. <laughs> oh, I love that Baja Fresh. Did you ever go to the Baja California? Uh, it's it's. No, that was uh, that wasn't as good. Never mind. Uh, in summer of 1978, Thank you. NBC produced a air quotes hard hitting news segment on Synanon, uh, wherein Synanon responded in pretty much the same way. There was a uh, a lawsuit and then a lot of threats to various members of uh, NBC. In 1978, ex Synanite Phil Ritter, who left two years ago following the vasectomy. Um, nonsense, uh, tried to rescue his child from his still Sinanite ex-wife, who had divorced Phil uh, during the divorce spree that occurred when Chuck put a three-year limit on marriages. Uh, Phil had gone to the authorities about the forced vasectomies, and in response, was beaten into a week-long coma by two Sinan men wielding croquet mallets in Phil's own driveway. They never uh, spoke a word. I'm calling yeah. bullshit on the croquet mallet. <laughs> yeah, it's thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. I was writing, and it said they beat him with small woolen mallet, uh, small wooden mallets. Woolen, and, what? <laughs> yeah, woolen. It took a long fucking time, but they 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 couldn't. They just kept trying. Trying to get a reservation at Dorsia now, you fucker. <laughs> You're really chafing my skin. <laughs> this kind of this is uncomfortable. I'm like, allergic oh, let me to just, wool. Uh, Hey, Paul! And he gets hit with a woolen mallet. <laughs> did, a, did a moth just fly out of this? <laughs> <laughs> but they they apparently beat him with small wooden ma- mallets, and so i i couldn't I couldn't not do the jump to small just you know woolen mallards. <laughs> yes. Oh, that sounds even worse. They're like quacking the whole time, and they're like coated in like wool, and so the quacking is kind of like muffled because they're just covered in a sack of yeah. It's uh, enough duck fuckery. Yeah. Let's uh, plow ahead. 
Yeah. Um, they never spoke a word during the whole time, uh, and they left him on the ground bleeding from a flat frac. Wow, <laughs> a fractured skull. Okay, say that to... one more time, please. They never spoke a word during the whole ordeal and left him on the ground bleeding from a fractured skull. I know there's no claps. I I still I still failed. Uh-huh. Um okay. yeah. I said Durling. Um nothing but the sounds of silence. Uh and the sounds of woolen mallets hitting a person. In 1977, uh Sidon took in a woman in a pre-psychotic break, uh, who was experiencing a pre-psychotic break, my apologies, and transferred her to Tamales Bay, uh, ignoring her husband's demands for her to be released to him. Uh, the husband hired our protagonist, because we're now finally introducing our protagonist, uh, lawyer Paul Morans, uh, who would lock horns with Synanon for the next eight years. Um, yeah. Mr. Morans. Actually, yeah, that. I never made that connection <laughs> until just now. Huh. Huh. Uh, Mr. Morans, a lawyer with prior experience dealing with religious cults, uh, fought with Synanon in many different cases, uh, from one involving the woman with the uh, going through the pre psychotic break, uh, to a grandmother trying to get her three grandchildren out of Synanon after, her mo- after their mother died in Synanon's custody, and the father had taken off. Uh, Morantz got the grandmother custody, and it took uh, 13... It took 13 police vehicles surrounding the building housing the children for Synanon to relinquish them. How? (laughs) They had to do a standoff in order for Synanon to release their children. What, did they just stand there holding their their woolen mallards at the uh, officers? It was oh, a pretty <laughs> intense standoff. There was like a good line of people like kind of wearing the, the newsy style like uh, caps, uh, a newspaper in one hand and then a woolen mallet in the other. And they kept hitting them together, <laughs> almost making like kind of like a almost a squeaking sound. Is a woolen, and the cops, uh, <laughs> a woolen mallard just like a duck in a sheep costume? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. <laughs> it's no, the cutest thing. In a well, um, okay, I, I like I think that I'm better. In desperate need of a commission. <laughs> Please, if anyone. Oh, you're all just a duck in sheep's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think a woolen mallard would be the most adorable thing oh. I've ever fucking seen. That would be very cute. It's like not all it's Pixar quacked movie. up to be, though, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> if om- almost if you could like teach it to like kind of like ba instead of like quack, but still do it the same. You're doing, kind of, now like, you're doing too much. Now you're doing too much. <laughs> All this do-goodery got Chuck in a tizzy, and he was recorded. <laughs> what? I, I, I like, like adding. Phrase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the do-goodery. <laughs> All this do-goodery got this villain in a tizzy. That's where I got my new pantaloons from. I went down to the do-goodery and they had them doofified. <laughs> ah, they, they actually fit me before, so now they're fitting just fine. They're woolen. Hmm. They muffle all the the sounds of the ducks in my pants. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, we are you know what? I was I was not a woman on the cusp of a psychotic break until I started doing this show. <laughs> but now all bets are off. You know, neither was I, and strangely enough, I feel like I'm inching closer. <laughs> 
And now you can seek the help that you didn't know you need. This episode yeah. is brought to you today by BetterHelp. <laughs> I wish. And Headspace. So much. <laughs> no, Headspace is what they had for uh, Betty previously. And- uh- <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, in danger. danger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so- I've been doing this too <laughs> Chuck was recorded asking Sinonites if anyone would have the guts to go to L.A. where Morantz lived and do something about him, like break his knees. We don't have any balls anymore, Chuck. You had us get rid of all of them. Someone bust his balls because I don't have any. Some Imperial Marines decided on a different approach. On October 10th, 1978, Morantz was watching the first game of the World Series. The L.A. Dodgers versus the New York Yankees. He was relaxing for the first time in a while, uh, having recently bought a shotgun to better protect himself, uh, himself uh, as he was constantly being given death threats by Synanon. Uh, during the seventh inning stretch, his doorbell rang. Uh, thinking it was pizza that he had ordered, uh, he opened the door to find the pizza box just left on the porch with the pizza driver nowhere in sight. Big uh, having pizza. Exactly. You know where this is going. Good God. Uh, having, having already paid over the phone, uh, he grabbed the box. Uh, suddenly, the box burst open to reveal a de-rattled rattlesnake, which sunk its fangs into his arm. There's no way you could make something up like that, so I believe it. Did, no, I don't think he, it bit him. Did it? It did bit him. Oh my. It, it, <laughs> it did bit him. It done bit him, I'll tell you what. <laughs> He, he was fit. Oh my Boomhauer god! Is hosting this <laughs> show now. Jesus. Yes, he was right. bit by the snake. Yep, bit. Yep, bit. Yep, bit. They didn't have no rattler on that snake until he done done bit him. Yeah, he didn't even know what what him. We didn't know what bit him. Mm-hmm. You haven't tell bit you what, me. Mm-hmm. You haven't bit me well enough <laughs> to fuck you, that hard yet. <laughs> you haven't bit me hard enough. He cried out to his neighbors for help, yelling that he had been bitten by a rattlesnake. An ambulance was called, and he narrowly survived, spending a total of 11 days in the hospital, and later suffering from PTSD from the attack. So he never Um, had pizza again? Nope. He did not. And then he banned pizza. (laughs) And Chuck was like, you know what? That didn't work. Pizza's banned. Fuck your smokes, fuck your kids, and fuck pizza. Uh, later on, Morantz dedicated his Synanon book, From Miracles to Madness, to Chuck. Dedicated? Uh, dedicated. Dedicated. <laughs> Dedicado? Reference? He has Reference. all of the things that plants crave. Yeah. Uh, he dedicated his book, From Miracle to Madness, to Chuck himself. So Morantz dedicated the, his book to Chuck because of Chuck's decision to use the Imperial Marines instead. <laughs> the Michael okay. Ease is Real getting quick, out Michael. of control here. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm yeah, dying. Imperial Take, Marines. Oh, my God. Real quick, just because we are sponsored by Headspace <sighs> officially now. Um, <laughs> just take three deep breaths. Uh, I, I'm Ready? afraid if I do, I'm going to cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it out of the way. There we go. And in. <sighs> out. Obviously, you have never done this. You breathe through your nose, you hold it for two seconds, and then out through your mouth. Feel better there? Yes. You look better. 
So the Imperial Maureens. Show- the- <laughs> it's just a group of angry moms. <laughs> <laughs> You're just our kids and our husband's balls. <laughs> and that's the final. Um, he dedicated, so Paul Morantz dedicated uh-huh. his Synanon book to Chuck. Yeah. Sure enough. Because of Chuck's use of the Imperial Marines to try and kill Morantz. There was discussion, and it was recorded and later revealed, that they were debating using a hitman instead of using the Imperial Marines. And Chuck said no, because he didn't want to pay the amount. And he said, we have the Marines. What else are they here for? (laughs) If it wasn't for Chuck being a cheap bastard, Morantz probably would have been killed. I mean, he he still got snake bit. (laughs) He still got snake bit. Yes, he got he got that there bit. Can't blame the guy for trying. That's true. Well, Morantz can, but that's neither here and nor there. Most courts of law, but you know. Speaking of courts of law, uh, all the legal cases involving the child abuse, the assaults, the attempted murder, uh, were the undoing of Synanon, strangely enough, as it gave legal investigation journalists access to their internal documents, Mm. which were not destroyed, even though they were attempted to. But apparently you can't trust dope fiends to destroy evidence. Uh, Specifically, recordings of Chuck over The Wire. (laughs) Trademark. No! (laughs) No. The Wire. Yes. Yes. The Wire was an internal broad... I hate him. He's so fucking stupid. He has no creativity at all. The Wire was an internal broadcasting system that played Chuck's incoherent ramblings 24 hours a day. Such ramblings included Chuck bragging about the aforementioned beatings of people, uh, the Imperial Marines training, rants about banning children, uh, and other snips, snippets, snip snips, snip snips. We already talked about the vasectomy already. And other snip snips, uh, as we're not going to mess with the old time, turn the other cheek religious postures. Our religious posture is don't mess with us. You can get killed dead, literally dead. These are real threats. They're like, there are court cases where that was used as evidence because he was recorded saying that on loop. We don't (laughs) turn the other cheek. We spread those cheeks. We clap cheeks. Uh, Dummy thick Chuck. <laughs> you can hear him coming from a mile away. I'm applauding my own efforts. <laughs> That's actually how they trained. They would just be standing at attention. They would hear his ass, uh, his ass cheeks clapping from a mile away. No, they just put their face between the cheeks and Chuck would just clap them. <laughs> it's time for some... Face training? I I don't know. It's FaceTime, Michael. Fa- Come on. There we. Go. Oh my God, you're right. See, this yeah. is why this is why you're the better. Or one. it was actually called the wild. end. <laughs> uh, my uh, the, one of the most used ones uh, that he had said uh, recordings. I don't know why I said used ones. Um. One of the other recordings were. Uh, they are draining life's blood from us and expecting us to play by their silly rules. We m- will make the rules. I see nothing frightening about it. I am quite willing to break some lawyer's legs and next break his wife's legs and threaten to cut their child's ear off. Uh, that is the end of that lawyer. 
Uh, that is a very satisfactory, humane way of transmitting information. Because I, I really... Oh, sorry. No, please continue. I'm sorry. I really do want an ear in a glass of alcohol on my desk. Okay. That's I, bullshit. Yeah, just because... Nope, uh, you that, know. Is, that is oh. all fucking true. He did say, I really do want an ear in a glass of alcohol on my desk. Y'all Friends, thought Michael could lawyers. write that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I ain't that creative. Fair enough. <laughs> Friends, lawyers, lawyers, children, lend me your ears. <laughs> Please. I, I wish to soak them in alcohol. Because we can't drink it, but we can soak ears in them. Mm-hmm. A warrant was issued for Chuck's arrest on the charge of conspiracy to commit murder. Well, she's my cherry the, pie. Uh, following the attempted <laughs> murder of Rance. Chuck's body was found at Synanon's facility in Lake Havasu, Arizona on December 2nd, 1978. A glass of alcohol containing a human ear near his desk rested on his suicide note with Bullshit. many empty bottles. Can I finish my thoughts? <laughs> Sorry, I want to read the whole sentence again because I was quite proud of it. Okay, sorry. I, that was, I... No, you're fine. You're fine. I wanted it to be over the top. Chuck's body was found at Synanon's facility in Lake Havasu City, Arizona on December 2nd, 1978. A glass of alcohol containing a human ear next to his desk uh, wherein rested his suicide note with many empty bottles scattered around him. He drank himself to death. That was what I said, and you're right. It was bullshit. So you're saying he put the note in alcohol with the ear? No, no, no like, like I rested the, the on ear like, was the... like a paperweight. Yes, yes. So did he actually? So I think the ear is bullshit, but he actually drank himself to death, or did he? Uh, just no, uh... all that's bullshit. He, oh. he didn't kill himself. Yeah, it doesn't sound to me like he's a guy who's got the uh, the wherewithal to be able to take his own life. Yeah. yeah, he's way too into himself. Yeah. Nothing, however, uh, nothing I could have made up would have been more poetic justice than the truth. Uh, he was found at the, he was arrested that day, December 2nd, 1978, at the facility in Lake Havasu City, um, drunk off his ass. He got blackout drunk, so drunk, he had to be helped into a waiting squad car. Yes. Uh, this was America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is America. Oh, this is America. I could drink and, and, and bit people with rattlesnakes all I goddamn well please. Do you, think, do you think he tried to play the game with the police officers? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet he tried in his head, but to the police officers, it probably sounded like even less coherent ramblings than what he recorded on the it's wire. Like that, that scene in old school. Like, <laughs> you're crazy, man. <laughs> no, I, I just thought he kept screaming the refrain, I am a golden god, while they were trying to put him in that squad car. <laughs> I am a golden god. I am a golden god. He was, uh, unfortunately, this was not the demise of Chuck. He was he was incredibly drunk, but he did survive. Mm. Uh, he pleaded no contest to the conspiracy charge and was sentenced to five years of probation owing to poor health. Yes, even and I had read because Paul Morantz, the lawyer, had actually written a lot of the articles that I had used. Mm. He even mentioned that he actually had a disposition. Depos- I don't know the exact word. Yes, sure that a disposition. Where, yes, where a, he a actually got position. to. He actually got to interrogate the person that tried to kill him, and he even remarked in some of his notes, "He's like, I don't know many lawyers that have actually been able to do that." 
but he was one of the people that pushed for uh, Chuck to be on probation because by that time he was already 68 uh, and people were thinking that he wouldn't live much longer. But one of the uh, he was also fined $10,000, which considering the vast sums of wealth isn't much. Uh, but the main thing was he was forbidden from having any affiliation with Synanon. And that was the main kicker. He was pretty much ousted from his own organization, which, yes. Uh, he did live to see the eventual collapse of Synanon, if that is any comfort. Um, he died in 1997, so he was still alive a good 19 years after. You know, I which said, is, stop the damn match. Yeah, and he refused. He wasn't already dead. Synanon itself uh, declared bankruptcy in 1991, uh, as it could not pay any of its debts, uh, having finally lost its nonprofit status several years prior. Uh, it had been on the decline ever since it lost its, you know, leader. I wrote charismatic, but uh, I feel like that's, uh, you know, up to debate. Indeed. Yeah, it's very subjective. I want to end on an interesting note. So I mentioned Lake Havasu City earlier on and just now when he was arrested. They actually had a news article by the Havasu News uh, that described their new Sinanite uh, neighbors in Lake Havasu. Because, just because he was uh, forbidden from interacting, they still carried on business as usual. Um, Havasu News actually interviewed a couple of the long-term residents in that in Lake Havasu, uh, and it pretty much talked about their efforts to infiltrate their, the town. Uh, taking over the medical professional sort of the pretty much the doctors and everything trying to control that way and engaging in politics and purchasing more property. They were pretty much trying to run the town themselves. Um, Sinonites were instantly recognizable. Uh, quote, the women wore long, very plain dresses. The men's heads were shaved. They would offer to help people to help people get rid of alcohol and drugs if you gave them your finances, they would take care of you. And I thought that was a very interesting statement that you could instantly tell Sinanites uh, from other, you know, citizens of Lake Havasu by the fact that they were bald. Shane. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Which I'm was something I thought, no, it's, the, uh. it's all true. <laughs> There's something you want to say? It's all true. Yeah, Which who's I your daddy? find absolutely fascinating. I mean, you've met my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does not truck with any of this so oh, i can't imagine him doing that no you know actually the rage quotient i think he could hold up quite well though so i may i may have misspoken <laughs> has he de has he demanded an ear in a glass of alcohol on his desk no but i played the game with him once or twice <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> over, hey, over the wire too oh yeah. god <laughs> so in a positive Note, uh, the town banded together against the Synanon menace, uh, recruiting the help of Paul Morantz, the, you know, the snake bite, snake bit victim. Yep. Uh, snake bite Andy over there. Yeah. As Andy. I had mentioned earlier, Synanon had founded a, a sort of private dummy corporation, Home Place <laughs> Incorporated in Lake Havasu, uh, which concealed Synanon's wealth from the IRS. But it couldn't uh, conceal that dummy thickness. Mm -mm. Uh, the, the citizens of Lake Havasu City heard that clapping from miles upon miles. That's what originally Courtney. brought MTV there in order to enjoy the spring break festivities. Courtney, I'm going to It was send all that ass that clapping video. that <laughs> I'm going to send God. you that video because uh, I realized that the three of us watched it, Michael, Shane and I, but I don't think oh. that we've 
you know the reference of uh, dummy thick. So we'll man. Okay. Yes. It's it's it's, it's prime like meme seconds, content. But yeah you, yeah, you need to see it. Anyway, you get to meet the snake. <sighs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. and not the derattled one. Yeehaw. With an <laughs> with a oh man, there's so many connections there. I just realized that with enough prodding from Lake Havasu residents, hmm. Arizona itself, the state itself, investigated and found a recording that outlined the entire conspiracy with the idea of funneling money into the private corporation and paying sin on elites, the fact that they had newbies come to these facilities in Lake Havasu before they're shepherded off to other places, all of it, all of it recorded. Um, this was one of the major incidents that led to the IRS revoking Synodon's tax-exempt status and ordering the organization to pay $17 million in back taxes. Uh, after a, yes, $17 million. After a denied appeal, Synanon was finally made to pay its taxes in 1984, a full 10 years after Chuck declared it a religion. Damn. And that is the history of the drug rehabilitation program, gone alternate lifestyle, gone cult, gone wild. Yeah. <laughs> known as Synanon. I don't know if you've ever been to Lake Havasu, but it's a I have. fairly small town. It, when they started purchasing property, the uh, there were 3,000 residents there. Okay. Can you tell me what buildings were utilized here or did they just have residences or smaller homes that they set this up in because i mean this sounds like something that's fairly gaudy or at least audacious that it's just you know out in the middle of everything and i can't envision what it would have been that's a fair point i honestly couldn't tell you i because i dug through because once i found that connection with lake havasu Mm. i wanted to investigate further because obvious connections and i thought that was insanely fascinating where Oh, if you're bald at Lake Havasu, you're a Sinanite. Um, or, or a white supremacist, which is how I encountered Nowadays, most yeah. folks when I was there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I could not find... I know that they had a lot of different properties in Sinanite, or uh, in Lake Havasu, but I would assume most of those were real estate. They only had one major facility there, okay. but I would assume that that was either slightly off the beaten path, so not in Lake Havasu City proper, but in their, like... Uh, their district or zoning district or something to that right. effect. Um, I'll just have but, to investigate and see if I can track down what building it actually was or if there was one in particular that I can uh, you know, get a frame of reference for. Yeah, I can even send you the article from Havasu News no, that wrote do. about it. Yes, uh, it will be in the show notes also for anyone that is interested in reading further. Um, but yeah, I can I, do that. I have and contributed then... to that newspaper, oddly enough. Okay. Ah, even better. I love these connections. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just like tickled pink by it. So before I get into the lies, are there any other stabs? Because I think you guys you guys covered a fair number of them. But yeah, we we did better than I thought we were going to do. I I like I like I've done in the previous episodes. I try and make some of the lies fairly easy because I don't like. It's fun when you guys actually poke them out. Uh, it's not fun when they're so esoteric oh, that it's mean? like, oh man, you should have known that uh, it was actually the. Los Angeles Dodgers and the the Arizona Cardinals in the in the World Series or something stupid um, like the that. The Cardinals are a football team. I know team. they're from and they're from St. L- and it's the St. Louis Cardinals and that was completely on my that was my fault. I'm at the St. Louis Cardinals, <laughs> not the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry. How about we skip ahead and you tell us the lies there, bud? Okay. So the first lie was the Sinojitsu. 
uh, which <laughs> I was I was a little bit proud of. I knew I had to play on it because it was, was Sinodo. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. I knew that it would be poked out, but like it was just fun. Well, listen, I, that's what I. Oh, sorry. Sinodo has a lot of excellent lamination if it's baked properly. So yeah, uh, true. Yeah, beautiful and. And you don't even have to pay royalties to Synodon because they are bankrupt. Though, I did find it interesting. They still have a branch operating in Germany, a branch of Synodon. But whether or not it's actually really affiliated with old Synodon or if it's, you know, just using the name or something like that, I didn't really want to dig too further, too much deeper in. It's just a vasectomy fetish group. (laughs) I mean, it is Germany, so... You you can never be too sur- uh, too sure. Surprised. Um, my next lie. I said Chuck needed to get a vasectomy as part of a health procedure, and uh, he thought it was a good idea to ban just children in general because of it. He never got a vasectomy. Uh, even after uh, forcing Sinonites to undergo the procedure, uh, the child ban and subsequent uh, vasectomy. <laughs> no, <laughs> you say that word right. Don't subsequent. Se. The sub subsequent. Yeah, subsequent. Thank you. The child ban and subsequent <laughs> vasectomies. <laughs> um, that actually came about from a long rant of his. Uh, he said, which was also recorded and broadcasted on the wire. Chuck, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's no profit to this community in raising our own children. Every baby that we indulge a synodon female with takes up a bed and somewhere between a hundred thousand dollars and two hundred thousand dollars worth of energy. I later mean... on, <laughs> later on, in regards to the child ban, Chuck would say nothing is sacred just because it's been done for a million years. I mean, <laughs> John's like, sign me up. I'm actually like, coming well, around to his way of thinking on some of this. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. How can I join that <laughs> German branch of Synanon? Yeah. No, just when I thought I was out, I pull back out again. <laughs> just to make sure. Double tap. Uh, the <laughs> Wait, never mind. That's the opposite. Uh, the third lie, uh, you guys caught uh, smuggling teens upon cargo trains. That never happened. Uh, they would just buy a bus ticket for them to back to their own hometown. Oh, okay. oh yes. wow. Uh, it wasn't anything crazy. They housed them temporarily and were like, let me buy you a ticket. So the new name is the Underground Greyhound. Ooh, I like you that. You were just naming shit left and right. Yeah, you're on fire. <laughs> well, I need terrifying. to go see a doctor. I'm sorry. You're smoking. Somebody uh, stop them. The fourth lie uh, the croquet mallets, which, again, <laughs> I, it, it was one of the, like, I, I like coming up with a couple of creative lies, but then there are other ones like the Sinnoh dough or the small wooden mallets that I'm just like, okay, there's references here. I, I have to do something stupid. Jessica, it's if you're fine. listening to this, please <laughs> make it happen. Ducks. Or Steve in, in Steve oh, N. Steve. Steve. I know that we're not supposed to talk about him anymore, but... <laughs> We love Stephen. Well, Let's we do. yeah, yes. He's he's a kindred spirit. Indeed. Um, that was the fourth lie. The fifth lie. Uh, during the seventh inning stretch, he answered and got pizza. It there was no pizza. Uh, it wasn't actually. This is what I wrote. It wasn't an extra nice. sausage pizza. 
Uh, Moran tells the story. Extra sausage pizza. I wrote that. I will share my screen and write it. No, but you didn't say it. No, I I said it in the explanation. You know how I always have the explanation for the lies. I didn't say it explicitly in the lie. Because if I did, you guys would have pointed that out. Yeah, that would have been an easy You pulled easy, an audible in the last tell. second and ex- excluded that detail. Yeah, and that yeah. would have been an easy tell for you guys. Oh, yeah. The, we would have jumped right. I mean, yeah. we, we went there anyway. Way. Yeah. We yes, did. you did. And you knew we uh, would. Yeah, Something and I, I loved your comment, John, that you were like, you know, this sounds too crazy. I believe it. Uh, <laughs> Classic. Uh Morantz tells a, stary- a story better than I could. Uh, I was eager to forget my troubles and relax in front of the TV with the shotgun by my side. As I put my Synanon evidence books on the kitchen counter, I saw something dark and elongated through the grill of my mail chute. Oh. Uh, and it, that was the extra sausage. Uh, compounding the problem, I stubbornly refused to wear my ill-fitting contact lenses. I thought maybe someone had found a scarf nearby and had stuffed it into the nearest mail chute. As I headed back to my room, I lifted the grill with my right hand and nonchalantly grabbed the mystery object with my left. It wasn't a scarf. It was a rattlesnake, and he was... He did bit. He did get bit. <laughs> he did oh, you bit. Get, yeah. you, you get bit. He got bit. Oh, you bit. The bit. Yeah. Oh, he did. No, he's not You dead. took it in broad daylight, and you got bit. Yep. And then the final lie Who was Who puts the... a scarf in a mail slot? <laughs> Who? I don't know. He said it himself in his own articles, and it was referenced in other articles that I had read. Michael? That he thought it was a scarf. Who let them dogs out? Who? 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 Who let them that's little mutts go? That was, that was, that's one of the deepest unanswered questions of our time. Truly. And why are the dogs <sighs> in the bathtub? Why? 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 Anyway, the sixth lie, that was, that was bad, and I apologize. The sixth lie was, in fact, the, the fact that he committed suicide by drinking himself to death. That didn't happen, as I said. So, All right. Well, there we go. Well, that's what? A few series down? Is that, yeah. the, is that the new arc is multi-parters? No, I don't really want to do that if I can avoid it. I just, I've wanted to write about Synodon ever since I first heard about them because they're they're one of those stories that are larger than life. Is I mean, a, is there a doc on like HBO about them? I, I, I can't. There probably is. I would assume. Well, there's the movie somewhere. There is the movie, but that was before everything went to hell. You look like uh, a chick. <laughs> you smell like a chick. Um, Amazing. You dress like a sheep. I would be very <laughs> surprised if in sheep's clothing. <laughs> Quack, quack, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I would be very surprised if there wasn't anything. Um, I know that there's been, uh, there's probably, you could probably find like a cult podcast that is probably like cover them at some point or another because they are, they're not talked about, but they're one of the more larger cults that came from the US. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I don't see anything. Thing. I'll, there, I'll, I'll check later but there yeah, were there a lot something. of connections even in the articles that i had read even looking at ones that were made in the 90s about them that were connecting to uh people's gate and then obviously there were some people's temple you know? oh my god people's yes. gate <laughs> Fucking <laughs> i'm stupid time, it, it does it's 
Well, I, I pulled the Jim Jones thing, but yeah, there's yeah. People's Temple. There was, yeah. um, I left out a, a, a couple of different parts or aspects. When uh, Morantz was uh, bit, um, Chuck actually fled to, uh, I believe it, it was some part of Europe. I think it was Italy. Uh, and that's where he actually started drinking himself into a complete stupor. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are connections because he said he had to leave the United States because of uh, attempts on his family's life. Yeah, which what they always do, and yeah, exactly. That is Jim Jones did that, and that's Literally. what led to Jones Multiple down. Yeah, times. exactly. Yeah, you know what the so. true crime is though is that Morantz uh, didn't leave his home for at least a year after that happened. Oh. He was he was once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> he was poisoned, is what I'm trying to say. Oh. um unrelated uh courtney and i shared an experience ew don't say uh, it like that wait i i I haven't i haven't gotten to ask jonah i'm sorry how is everyone shut the fuck up michael (laughs) uh i loaned courtney the smut book that i accidentally read and i guess courtney accidentally accidentally well hold on courtney was I exaggerating? What did you think of the smut book? Okay, you got it. What's the title, at the very least? It's called Verity. And you gave it okay. to Winry, too, didn't you, John? I did. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. John's just a pervert. I can't. I am. Ugh, terrible, terrible. Admitted. Uh, to answer your question. So. Oh, you did I freeze? Hold on. No, I'm, you're good. No, we're just waiting with bated breath. <laughs> 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 tell us about the smut please see i yes there was a lot of blowjobs but i also just kind of like was like meh tell me tell me what oh, else is so, happening because the story was very oh, compelling and also like in the end where she's like no woman likes sex that much i'm like exactly like it didn't stand out to me as much as it did to you because i was like nah this is overplayed it's fine <laughs> Meanwhile, so, John's like, "This is so <laughs> illegal smut. No one must view this. So many well, blowjobs." No, so, so my problem with it overall, and I think I already talked about it, but like, the start of the book doesn't really scream that there's going to be a lot of fucking. No, uh, because the book cold opens on someone getting hit by a car in front of this woman and her whole outfit getting spattered with blood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and a metaphor. She, Oh, for the act yeah. of coupling. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Holy shit! So but they then, did like, actually know, foretell what was going to happen. I guess so. A lot yeah, of so, blood. So then it goes on, and well, one, like Courtney was saying, and it's a, one of Courtney's tweets is that she she power slammed this book within two days, like two sittings, and you were done with <laughs> yep. it. And that's what I was saying to you guys, where I was like, I know at this point that it's smut, but it's it's not that it's well written. It's just. It's popcorn. I need to know like, what I was going to say, are you reading it for the articles or what? Uh, for the pictures, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but there anyway, was like a uh, how-to in the back, in the glossary, and, you know. Oh, even better. You should probably read it, awesome. Michael. Okay. Yeah, Master That's the my next book. Shinshi, Shinshi. <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thanks for thanks for sharing the, uh, the smut. <laughs> they, um... Yeah, that's all I have. Are, are we going to turn this into a book club or, club. or what? No, after this Smut the pre-roll cast. conversation with you, Michael, I'm done. I am I am not picking up any more schmutt. I'm sorry to hear that. 
Are you guys ready for uh, to to break stuff next week and talk talk about Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst? I'm already Fuck broken, yeah. my friend. <laughs> I'm on the outside. I I'm having a lot of fun. I'm I have sure. Like eight, I have like 18 tabs open right now because I'm just trying oh, to sift shit. through, and it's taking a lot of self control. It's taking a lot of self control to stay focused on just one particular topic of this this guy. Uh, so it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> So what you're saying is uh, like a chump. Like a chump, eh? Hey. Hey. Do you guys want me to do all of the uh, Fred Durst quotes in his voice? Oh, absolutely. Duh. Yeah, okay, this sick. is a voice podcast, <laughs> okay, obviously. Sick. I just wanted I just wanted permission. Now yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. to do it. I just need consent. <laughs> well, in that case. <laughs> did anybody That's do the homework? Yes. Yes. Uh, that is no. an after dark. Uh, so that is going to float over into the postscript. And I didn't expect John to be here for that anyway. So we're <laughs> perfectly fine. <laughs> Not going to lie. Kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I, I know my audience. <laughs> so uh, in case those of you who are listening now don't have a clue what we're talking about. Uh, last week, Courtney had asked whether or not we wanted to take the psychopath test. To determine who is the craze ball amongst all of us, the mad ball, if you will. And uh, I took it, Michael took it, and Courtney took it, and John was not here. <laughs> I tried on my phone and it wasn't working, and then I was like, I need to go up into the office to do that. And then I haven't been in my office in like four days, so... I, I figured out what John's shtick is. is blame the technology. <laughs> my Google oh, Doc broke. <laughs> the phone didn't open it for me. Hey, it literally wouldn't my register shtick. my responses. That used to be my shtick. Well, it's mine and now. And he co-opted it. He took it from me. Now yeah. what do I have? Well, next I'm going to start pronouncing things all fucked up. <laughs> no! Then I'll have nothing to live for. Ugh. That's all there is? <laughs> That's all there is to me. I just can't talk worth a damn. When you look good doing it. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you to all of you dedicated listeners who have been reaffirming that fact to yourself every single yeah. wonderful week for 107 straight weeks now. It's been an absolute joy, and we appreciate you being here with us to do just that. And if you're enjoying what you are hearing on this glorious little show, you know there are some ways you can indicate that to us. If you go into your preferred provider app, you can give us a little rate and review because we would love to hear from you. It gives us, uh, you know, that tasty, tasty data to confirm to people that we are worth throwing money at other than the good folks at Shave My Balls, who I am sorry we are not paying for your silly shit yeah. so that you can advertise with us. If, and If we have to block and delete one more of your silly fucking messages, I swear to God. I mean, I know I'm hairy. I get the point, but I already have a classy ball trimmer that I utilize. It's called John's Mouth. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> oh, I eat the scrum. Indeed, yes. Yum, 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 eat the scrum. <laughs> yum, scrum, yum, scrum. yum, I eat the scrum. Yep. <laughs> The Chuck Tingle story, but uh, <laughs> also we have weird, wild stuff winging your way every single wonderful Wednesday, except this last one, because who can be bothered? Uh, and that is on the tubes of you at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And you can convene with us this Wednesday and you can hear the outcome of the psychopath test that we all engaged in and it's going to be a lot of fun and of course in the show notes other than Michael's harebrained resources for this glorious little show you also have our link tree where all of our socials are located and you can follow us wherever you prefer or nowhere like you have been doing and uh, we'll we'll go our heart will go on 
Yeah. We'll survive. I'll never let go. As long as we know how to love, Michael's uh, pronunciation will not thrive. And and even if he goes crazy, I'll still call him Superman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, the, like the story that your coworker told me when I picked up the pizza on Monday. Michael has a history as a Superman. Mm. Because oh. he's psycho, Michael. Mm-mm. I actually can't recall what story he had mentioned. Was it the one where I showed up blackout drunk when I wasn't working and I proceeded to take pictures with all the customers? Yes, that one. Okay. Is this your co-worker who is also offering to pay you five American dollars and a box of fucking chiclets for people to make artwork for them? No. Oh, okay. So it's another classless son of a whore. Yes. <laughs> I mean that's that's all Damn. we that's like literally that's on the application. the application requirements that's that's one of them you got to be are yeah. you a son of a whore welcome to horny howies yeah. <laughs> uh, so so tell us about all the people that you were inappropriately hugging what what's yeah, happening that that seems like I don't good. remember I like I said I was blackout drunk this is also like 7 years ago so I wasn't even there and you just woke up yeah everything I don't even know where I, what am I doing like what is this you've been doing a really good job <sighs> apparently so shit and My- courtney i feel guilty that i didn't do that test so even if i'm not on the recording i'm going to take that test and i'll send it to you guys tonight or tomorrow morning perfect michael did you uh did you get that howie special complete i don't fucking know what you're talking about man i've just been back here for like four fucking hours i've been together these pieces i don't fucking i was just trying to get them in because i wanted to have some pieces shut <laughs> and that's like no one else would want to no, he, he's more that's like about the, 80 and then percent a, and then, bang that's know, so it's the weirdest fucking thing man you put like fucking pepperoni on like a pizza with like cinnamon on the crust this is fucking it's the taste that you it distracts from the taste of your asshole and that's really all, uh, all i'm interested in right now man actually speaking of pizzas courtney would you mind telling them what i pizza i i made for you the michael the chocolate starfish i i think you need to tell them what was on the michael special okay i can so i started dreams despair and an overpriced education that is still in process no we don't serve those there that's what people spend uh to get the pizzas there Ah. because uh yeah yeah um no i started with i wanted to make a greek salad uh kind of styled pizza uh, so I used Greek dressing as the base. Uh, then I sprinkled some feta and bacon uh, under the mozzarella cheese that I topped it with. Uh, and then I added, I believe it was green pepper, red onion, and tomato. Uh, and then I cooked the whole thing. And then once it came out, I added um, diced cucumber on top uh, cold. And Courtney? It was really good. It was the only thing I would say it was it was slightly salty. And I don't want to know fair. why. Um, but other than that, I... no, it was there was the feta Wink. and the the bacon. <laughs> okay, feta okay, and that bacon. makes sense. Yeah, okay, a little salty. Okay. Otherwise, okay. quite quite good. I do know what I'm talking about from time to time about pizza. Nothing else. Nothing else. But about pizza, I do. So, from time to time, Shane. Time after time. <laughs> Just because I mentioned pineapple pizza once doesn't mean i don't mention pineapple me, uh, pizza all the time float back to our common disclaimer here on the disinformed podcast we do not reward attention seeking behavior but i got a free pizza 
I haven't gotten a fucking free pizza after three years of suffering this fuck's mealy mouth excuse for presenting a podcast. I still, no pizza, not once, not ever, and I will resent you to the day you die after I suffocate you with snakes' dummy thick butt cheeks. Ooh, what a way to go. You're going to get the end and a little FaceTime from Chuck. Oh, I do have that. to. <laughs> no, go ahead. You have to what? I have to tell I was Michael. wrapping up, so if you want to get it in, get it in. Um, that we took the pizza to a bar that we frequent, and a girl across the way was like, "Hungry Howie's like nobody eats that anymore. Like I haven't seen that in like ten years." And I was like, "Yeah, I know we don't Damn. eat it either. It's just it was free." And she was like, "Is anything really free?" And I was like, "No, you have to talk to Michael to get one." And she was like. Yeah, that sounds bad. And I was like, oh, my God, you haven't even met Michael, but you know. And she was like, it's just God. it's just Michael's, man. And I it's, was like, damn. Yeah, it's, it's, that's that's fair. As as someone with that name, I can attest, you don't want to talk to us. Apologies to Superfan Michael, for super, who I was we would all say, love to talk to He is to the exception. Length. What a kindred spirit. What a beautiful man. He's not a kindred spirit to you. No, he's not. That's fair. That's fair. But a beautiful man nonetheless. All right. Well, anyway, this is going to wrap us up like uh, some poor crackhead's face in Chuck's butt cheeks. So for that means this is the end, my friend. Oh, (laughs) thank you. So for the child free disinformed podcast this week, with the exception of those that were cucked into it, uh, I am Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And thank you for joining us for Simpanon this week. And zip it a zoop, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>